Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going through the jargon jungle. <laughs> we are going to answer or explain most common property investing terms. And I tell you, when you're just starting out learning about property, it can feel like a bit of a jargon jungle, Did Andrew. you find that when your first, first week here at Opus? I think, yeah, when you first start getting into it, there's all these words, equity, equity uplift, <laughs> LVR, lots of different things. And so I remember speaking to a listener of the show, and they'd been tuning in for a while, and I remember them saying, you know, oh, God, sometimes it's hard to get your head around all of these terms, especially if you're a newbie investor. So we're going to go through, I think we've got about 18 we're going to go through, maybe 15 to 18. Andrew, started off with a whole heap of words about the money you have in a property. All right, so let's talk about equity, usable equity, and equity uplift. Equity, first of all. This is the value of your property, so say a million dollars, minus the debt that you've got on that property. So say your house is worth a million and you've got a mortgage of 400000 well then you've got equity of 600000 in that property. That's your wealth. That's your, your stake in the property. If you sold the property, forget about fees for now, that's what you'd have left over. And it was interesting, one of my content team said that their friend, after reading our book, Wealth Plan, said... I finally understand equity. I finally got it. People have tried to explain it to me, but now I get it. And it is, it's your wealth within the property once you take away all of the debt. Now, the big thing is the difference between equity and usable equity. Yeah, usable equity is the more important one if you're continuing to invest because this is how much you can borrow against the property. Now, you could use that as a deposit for a future investment property, but you can only take this amount and it's not your full equity. So let me give you an example. Let's say your house is that million dollar house and the mortgage is 400,000 like we had before. Well, you got 600 of equity, but a million dollar property that you live in, you can only lend 80% on that. So that's 800,000, okay? Then your mortgage was 400,000. So you've got an additional 400,000 that you can borrow. So your usable equity is less than your equity. Now, the most important thing there is what is your usable equity? It's the extra amount you can borrow against your property. And that's different again from what's called your equity uplift. Now, your equity uplift is the extra money that you have in a house after you renovate it. So say you bought a house for 500000 and then you spent 40000 on a renovation and now it's worth 600000 Well, the value of the property went up by 100000 and you spent forty. So your equity uplift is the 60 that you've created. Yeah, it's the extra amount of equity that you have. Now, equity is probably the most important concept in property. But after you get past that, we've got to start talking about the words all about the cash you get from a property. So the first one I want to talk about is cash flow. And although I'm sure we all think we know what cash flow means, in a general sense, here's what it means when it comes to property. It's the amount of cash that an investment property produces per year or per week or per month. It's the money that's left over once the rent has come in and all of the expenses have been paid, your rates, your insurance, your maintenance, and any tax as well. Now, your cash flow can be positive. That's where you get money from the property each week. But it can also be negative where you as the investor need to invest some money into the property each week to top it up. And that would be because the rent doesn't quite cover all of those costs. 
And that's where you get into another important term, which is called negative gearing. Now, that's when you have what we call a cash flow negative property, and you need to invest some money into that property each week because the rent doesn't cover all of the costs. Now, that is very common these days, especially with current prices and interest rates. And that's where we probably should get into words that are all about the money you make off a property, Andrew. Yeah, so now let's talk about yield. So the yield is the money that the property makes per year compared to the value of the property. And it's a tricky term because there's different types of yields and sometimes investors say yield, but they mean different things. So Sometimes they mean cash flow. Yeah, so let's just talk about the two major ones, which is gross yield and net yield. So gross yield, first of all, is the amount of rent per year divided by the current value of the property. Now, it's really important that you always use the current value of the property because it's irrelevant using the purchase price, which some people do, because that could have been 20 years ago. Now, the net yield is the amount of rent left over per year compared to the value of the property, but after you've taken out things like rates, insurance, maintenance. But not your mortgage costs. Yeah. And just by the way, if you hear any of these terms we're talking about on the show today and you think, oh, I'd love to just read that or see the written down version, we have released a glossary on our website. I'll pop that link down into the show notes as well. The next thing that I think is really important are words about properties going up in value. So the one I want to talk about first is capital growth. Now, this is when your property goes up in value, but specifically because the market has gone up in value, not because you've done renovations or something like that. So if you bought a property and it was worth $500,000 and now it's worth $600,000, the difference is 100K. That 100K is capital growth if it came from the market going up in value. Then off that, we also have something that we call growth properties and also yield properties. So a growth property is one that increases in value more quickly, but it doesn't generally have as high a yield. And those kinds of properties are going to be houses or townhouses often, and particularly good locations. A yield property is going to be the opposite of that. It's a property that gets a decent amount of cash flow, but may not increase in value as quickly. Now, that's usually things like a dual-key apartment. Now, let me just be really clear, though. Not every single property is either a growth or a yield property. Some are lemons, and you just completely stay away from it. If you want to learn more about that, episode 1124 is a good one to look out for as well. Now, we're probably going to get into one of the more tricky areas, which are words all about getting money from the bank. So one of the terms that gets thrown around a lot is LVR. So to cover that, first of all, this stands for loan to value ratio. So this is basically the amount of mortgage that you've got compared to what the property's worth. So I'll give you an example, $600,000 mortgage on a house worth a million dollars. So 600,000 divided by 1 million is 60%. So your LVR, your loan to value is 60%. Now, it's really important to realize that LVR is different from LVR restriction. Walk us through what an LVR restriction is. Now, this is the rules that were set out by the Reserve Bank, which stops banks from lending above a certain threshold of a property. Now, generally speaking, a bank can't lend you more than 80% of the money to buy a house for you to live in, or 
60% for a rental property if it's an existing property. So let's take the owner-occupied for an example. If the LVR restriction is 80% on your house, then that means you need to have another 20% of equity, either by cash or equity in another property. And then we get to the next term, which is one of my favourites. Oh, I was just about to say, this is my favourite. You're going to steal it. No, I didn't steal it. No, it's my favourite. No, Leverage and I were in a relationship before oh, you were Leverage even Leverage and I knew each other before you even knew the word leverage exists. So leverage is your ability to borrow money to purchase an asset more expensive than what you could afford by yourself. So if you buy an investment property, well, the bank probably gives you money to buy it. So therefore, that's leverage. And I've got three more that I want to throw in as well. The first is the term owner-occupier. So that is a person who owns the home that they live in, but it is also used to refer to the home itself. So you might hear us talk about it's an owner-occupier home or an owner-occupied home. Then you get this word vendor, which real estate agents love. We don't call them the seller of a property in real estate, often it's called the vendor. So that's just the same thing as the person selling a property. And probably one of the most complicated terms in property investment is UMI, which stands for Uncommitted Monthly Income. And basically, what's that all about? It's the spare cash that the bank thinks you have left over at the end of the month. So when you apply for a mortgage, the bank is going to run all of these different stress test calculations over your financials. They're going to use higher interest rates. They might use shorter terms if you've got an interest-only mortgage. They're going to do a whole heap of things. And then they're going to see how much spare cash do we think, if interest rates rose and all of these different things happen, how much spare cash would that person have left over at the end of the month if we approve this rental property? And if you've got enough spare cash, and sometimes it's $250, in the past it's been $50, then they say, okay, we'll approve this mortgage, at least from an income perspective. Now, it can be a bit more complicated than that, but what is uncommitted monthly income? It's basically how much spare cash the bank thinks you've got at the end of the month. Now, Andrew, of all these different terms, which is your favourite? Is it Oh, leverage? we already know, it's leverage. I would have thought it'd be usable equity. If I was leverage, the yeah, word, yeah. I'd be jealous because all you ever do is talk about usable equity. You, you get jealous about the smallest of things anyway, so what difference does it make? What's your favourite then? And you can't have leverage, I've already got a... I would say my favourite is probably good old capital growth. I knew he was your favourite. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with, with, with loving capital growth. Right, let's wrap that up there, but as I said... There are many other terms we could have included, but in our view, these are the most important. And if you want to look over a whole glossary of property investment terms, you can find that on our website, but I'll also drop a link to that in the description in the podcast show notes. So just tap or swipe over the cover art, it'll be in there. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of using the property market. Until next time, 